Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. Good evening, my fellow vampire lovers. The sun is going down, and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. I am your host, Lena Nazari. Tonight, we are going to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, such a special place in my heart no matter how many times I've watched this movie I still love every second of it I want to be clear that tonight we are only going to talk about the movie not the show there is a TV show currently running uh, that's based in this very same universe with the same name Uh, but we will talk about that on a different episode tonight we are talking about the 2014 movie what we do in the shadows if you haven't seen this movie stop what you're doing you need to pause this and go watch the movie i don't care if you have to call off work or you need to get a nanny for your kids go watch this movie you will not regret it especially if you are a vampire lover there are so many references to famous vampire films and lore you're gonna love every minute of it it's complete genius um starring in this movie we're going to talk about our our three main actors here we have jermaine clement and taika watiti uh they helped uh, actually work together to write this film and then johnny bra who plays the third main vampire so jermaine clement plays vladislav um taiki watiti plays viago and then johnny bra plays deacon there are other vampires in this film but these are our three main vampires this is filmed like a documentary Uh, there's text in the beginning saying that the film crew got permission to do this that they were told they would not be harmed and they were wearing crosses for their protection and so the whole thing is shot like it's a documentary in this universe we do also get to see um, demons and witches and werewolves and zombies i always love to see the different things that are um, used in the different universes you know are there other quote-unquote monsters are there other supernatural beings do they know about each other Uh, in this universe there's also vampire hunters which doesn't get talked about uh, often there's also familiars that's an old one an old lore that vampires had familiar familiars who would um, be human servants who would do their bidding during the day and um, deacon does have a familiar in this one and and she is doing his bidding in the hopes that he will turn her into a vampire someday this is set in new zealand not a place where you normally think about vampires which is why i think this is so fun and i will tell you that this was a big um 
this was a big inspiration for me in writing my book because uh, I thought about uh, the, the fun of vampires having to do the wash and having to take out the garbage and do all those things that you have to do living in this world, but you're, you're a supernatural being and how interesting that is. So let's talk a little bit about the universe and uh, vampire rules in this world. So how are they turned? We don't um, actually get to see too much of the actual turning until a little bit later, but they do each tell stories of their turning. And when they describe it, they are drained to the point of death and then they drink the blood of the vampire. So that's how vampires are turned in this world. Um, and then we do get to actually see a turning at one point when they turn... Uh, a young man named Nick and there are flashbacks to his turning and the transition appears to be just awful and it happens over several days. He um, has what looks like flu-like symptoms and then he starts to fade away in the mirror and he looks almost like like he's becoming possessed. He's doing backbends and things and then he's shaking and freezing and then he's hot and he looks very pale and then slowly but surely turns into a vampire. So that's what a transition looks like in this universe. Um, <clears throat> the sunlight they cannot be in the sunlight in this world so uh to all you twilight fans and vampire diary fans there's there's no way for them to be in the sunlight in this movie in fact they do burst into flames one of the vampires does get caught in the sunlight later on um and there is an excellent scene in the beginning where a viago first he says, this is the scariest moment of the night. And he, and he kind of pulls the curtain back to peek out and see if the sun is still out there. And then much to his relief, the sun has gone down. So sunlight, a definite no-no in this universe. Uh, in this, they, they do have to sleep in enclosed areas. So we have um, Viago is sleeping in a coffin and Deacon is sleeping upside down in a closet. And then uh, they peek into... Um, into Vladislav's room and he's uh, he's in a bed with three women but it appears that there is no sunlight and then one vampire we have not talked about yet is Peter Peter lives down in the basement uh, with these vampires and Peter actually looks very much like Nosferatu and, and they do reference that he is 8,000 years old he sleeps in a coffin so there are coffins in this world uh, crosses. They are repelled by crosses in this. Uh, that, Like I said, the documentary crew does wear crosses to protect themselves. At one point, um, Vladislav sees a cross on somebody and hisses. So uh, clearly they are repelled by crosses in this world. And um, food. They cannot eat food in this world. So there's a great scene where Nick, um, the young man who is turned, uh, bites uh, into a fry and then they they vomit blood vehemently um, after eating food so no food and blood it's pretty consistent across the universes they do need blood there's actually a lot of blood drinking in this it's pretty hysterical and the fangs are actually present all the time so they don't appear to be retractable in this universe the fangs appear to be out all the time as far as appearance, like I said, most of them look human, human. but there is uh, Peter who looks like Nosferatu. And then at the end of the movie, when they go to a masquerade ball, uh, there is one who almost looks like a like bat-like, like a 
<clears throat> bat in human form. He's sort of monstrish, but the rest of them look like humans. So some vampire rules in this universe. Uh, they have to be invited in. That's an old tried and true one that comes from lore uh, from way back. Have to be invited in to enter into dwellings. Um, and in this, they have to be invited into clubs, even into dance clubs. So that's funny. Uh, it is forbidden to kill another vampire. And you are not supposed to tell humans that you are vampire. Doesn't appear that there is any rules as far as the age of turning people because there are a couple children vampires that we see throughout the film. So it doesn't appear to be any rules as far as who you can turn. Uh, but once they're turned, then you are supposed to not tell humans you are a vampire. In this world, their powers are flight. They can transform into different animals. We actually get to see them turn into a cat. Uh, Deacon mentions that he turned into a dog at one point. They also have the power of mesmerism. So um, they call it mind control, but they're able to look at somebody's eyes and say, you don't see anything abnormal or you don't hear me. And then that person doesn't hear them or see anything. So they have mind control. As far as whether they're supposed to be good or bad, uh, they, they do kill humans, many humans throughout the film. So clearly they're supposed to be villainous, but they are definitely presented as lovable villains. You root for them throughout the movie. You really, um, you, you love them all, but uh, clearly they're supposed to be bad because they are killing humans um, and they are hunted at one point by vampire hunters. So they are supposed to be bad, but we love them. Um, so when we talk about the tropes that I love and the tropes that I hate in this universe, um, one of the tropes they use that I just love is the rivalry between vampires and werewolves. That does get used in this film and it in a hysterical way. It is so funny. Um, the 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 uh, rivalry between these two groups. Um, there are several very clear homages to different uh, vampire things. So for example, in the very beginning, Viago rises out of his coffin, which is clearly uh, an homage to Dracula, the way he rises. Um, when I said that he walked into Vladislav's bedroom, it was a shot of him a against a red satin sheet against a wall with three vampire women around him and that's clearly supposed to be an homage to Bram Stoker's Dracula when the three brides uh, come after Jonathan. Uh, at one point Vladislav's at the window of a potential victim and he's trying to get his attention and he says see me uh, which I believe is an homage again to Bram Stoker's Dracula and Gary Oldman's Dracula when he says see me and Mina looks up to see him. Um, and then there is a great scene where they have a couple humans over and they give them spaghetti and then um, ask them, do you like to eat worms? And the, and the humans see worms instead of spaghetti. And that's clearly supposed to be a reference to Lost Boys. As a matter of fact, they even say we got this idea from Lost Boys. Peter, clearly supposed to be Nosferatu, a big nod to Nosferatu. Uh, and my favorite, Vlad is telling a story about what he was like before he was turned. 
Uh, and he is supposed to be, I think, 860 years old. So this is going back to the medieval times. And he said, you know, I loved to torture and I was a kind of bad guy and I would poke people with my implements and they called me Vlad the Poker, which I think is supposed to be a reference to um, Vlad Sepish, who is Vlad the Impaler and also the inspiration for Dracula, for Bram Stoker to write Dracula. So when he says they called me Vladislav the Poker, I think that was in reference to Vlad the Impaler. Absolutely hysterical. One of my favorite moments in this film uh, that they don't really ever talk about in vampire movies or books or anything, uh, and as a nurse I thought was just genius, was when um, uh, Viago goes to feed on somebody and he nicks the carotid artery and the amount of blood that came out of this woman. And it made me laugh so hard because they really don't talk about that. You know, you see so many films where vampires bite the neck. Now, if they had nicked the carotid and opened it up, it, it, it's not enough. It would come out so fast. I, I don't know how you would comfortably drink it. I mean, it would be a lot of blood. So it, it is very funny. That scene is very funny. And you just see him covered in blood talking to the documentary crew <laughs> saying uh, it, it's quite a mess in there. And he just has a roll of paper towels in his hand. <laughs> so I thought that was hysterical. Tropes that I hate. Um the vampire's hissing it, it gets used in so many things and i do think that the point of this film that um taki watiti and and jermaine clement are really trying to stick with like the classic idea of vampires and so the hissing and bearing their fangs it just is done so much in the film that it gets to be like grating on the ears so after a while i just got so tired of the hissing but i don't know maybe if i had fangs and i was a monster i would also hiss um let's rate these vampires my favorite part here so um on a scale of one to ten wooden stakes as far as their level of of evil uh are they scary i'm gonna give them a four a four out of 10 wooden stakes. They can mind control, which like I said in my previous episode, anything that controls your mind, anything that can enchant you and entrap you, that is a very valid enemy. I mean, once they can get near mine, you're pretty much toast, right? Um, and they clearly don't care about killing humans. At one point, Viago has brought a victim home and she's talking about how she's saving up to travel the world. And he looks a little bit sad, but he kills her anyway. So the fact that they really don't care about killing, um, that they travel in packs, that's also kind of intimidating. I mean, if you've got three, four, five vampires, you're, as a human, you're in big trouble. Um, but they are so silly. They're very silly. And so it's hard to really see them as true villains. Um, but I'm going to give them a solid four out of ten there. So, And then when it comes to their level of sexiness or how alluring they are as vampires, I'm actually going to rate them individually because they are so different. Um, Peter is obviously not meant to be sexy. He's the Nosferatu character. Um, but the actors, the three main actors themselves are very attractive. So it's hard to not be slightly attracted to them um, just because they're handsome. They're handsome men and um, I'm just inherently attracted to vampires. But we're going to start with Viago. Viago, uh, again, played by Taki Watiti, is he's 
comes across very awkward. Um, he's clearly not very alluring. The women don't really seem to be drawn to him. So while Taka is very handsome, I'm giving Viago a 2 out of 10 ox here. He's, he's just, he comes across very awkward. Uh, Deacon, he makes a comment in the film, and again, this is this is played by Johnny Bra, but he makes a great comment in the film where he says, when you become a vampire, you become very sexy, and the camera pans out. It's clearly meant to be a joke. He does play it sort of like pompously, and he's very rude to his familiar, um, but I got to give him an extra onk for his black leather pants because leather black leather pants I think are so sexy so he's going to get a three out of ten onks and then I have to say that Vlad um, would be the sexiest of the three you know he has the long hair it gets me every time he has the eastern European accent I think he's supposed to be from Romania or Transylvania or an area like that um he is the strongest with hypnosis. They say many times that he's the best with hypnosis. There's a great scene towards the end when he comes in in white and his hair is up. And it's got, uh, anybody who's watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, you remember um, when Dracula is older, when Jonathan first arrives to the castle and he's got the two wound knots at the top of his head. Um, Vladislav has that as well. He looks very good. Jermaine Clement is already a very handsome man, but uh, we're, I'm going to give Vlad a good 5 out of 10 onks. I, I love them all. I love the characters so much. But like I said, they are played very awkwardly. Um, they can't get into clubs. No one will invite them in. And then when they finally do get into the club, the women seem not only not affected by them, but actually actively repelled by them. So I don't think that they're the most alluring of vampires. Overall, this is one of my very favorite films. I have watched it so many times. My daughters have watched it with me. They love it. We we quote it incessantly because it is so funny. Um, the the back and forths between the vampires themselves when they fight over who's going to do the chores and um, and they fight over things like oh there's a great scene. So one of the things in this is that they can't they have no reflection in mirrors. So again, pretty classic vampire rules. So they have to like help each other get dressed because they can't see in the mirror. So they draw pictures of each other or they, they discuss like what is sexy and what is not sexy. It is hysterical. So I think that this is one of those movies that I will watch again and again and again. I just never get tired of. And if you haven't seen the film, even though you've just heard me describe so much of it, I really, really recommend you go watch it. And then if you can't get enough of this, watch the TV show. I think they're in their third season or they're about to air their third season. It is fantastic. And like I said, I'm actually going to do a separate episode on the show, even though it's the same universe, there's different actors, different characters. Um, there's even some great cameos by these guys in the show. Um, but you get to see more of the rules and you get to see more of the other creatures, you know, witches and ghosts and things because they have more time and they get to play with it. But um, I can't say enough. You have to go watch this one. If you love vampires and you have not seen what we do in the shadows, then I, I, you're, you're missing out. I don't know what else to say. 
what I love so much about this and why it is an inspiration for my own book is that because they're not played as these graceful, perfect creatures, you know, they do have to do chores and they do have to do all the things that we would have to do. And they, you know, make mistakes just like the rest of us and they screw up and get themselves into trouble, which is probably what I would do if I were turned into a vampire. I'm sure I would make some uh, serious mistakes there in the beginning. Uh, I like to think I'd be pretty cool over the next century or so, but in the beginning, I'm sure I would make some big mistakes. And that's what I love so much about this, that they are played in such a real way. And um, the way that Viago's love story plays out at the end, I think is just hilarious. So that is it for episode two of The Beautiful Dead, talking about what we do in the shadows from 2014. And again, I thank you all for listening to this and making it to the end. And like I say to all of my fans, I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. And this is it for Lena, and I will see you at the next sundown. <laughs>